J.M. and the A.M. on this Tuesday morning. I mentioned earlier that both Dr. Fagi Zakheim and Dr. Joel Rosenstein would be here to help us introduce a brand new segment that actually starts on the Nahum Single Network at 10 a.m. this morning. And we will do that, and we're also going to speak about a special event every time Fagi's here. She has another special event to discuss with us, which we will get to as well. And with all of this in mind, uh, oh, and we also have to wish a mazel tov because uh, Dr. Zakheim has just become an associate professor at uh, New York University, in uh, just a just a few blocks away from here. Yeah, Excuse from me, Russia. I'm sorry, he's in Russia for a weekend of professoring in Russia. Moscow. Well, that that's that's an old story. This this new story is a development as of yesterday, when she was appointed to this uh, appointed both embarrassing appointed right? elected. How do we say it? How do you, how does that how does it work? Promoted. Promoted. Thank you. Uh, so congratulations on that. Thank you very much. And uh, and welcome and good morning to both Dr. Zakheim and Dr. Rosenstein. Good morning. Good morning. Does Dr. Rosenstein seem a drop, I don't know, a drop? Is, is, is it tension? Like, what, what's going on here? With well, the, listen, there's a lot of tension Why don't you move toward the microphone? We're dealing there we with go. so many different topics. United Task Force is one topic. People don't even know what we've done, how many years, why it was created. But more importantly is what we're doing now for the Holocaust victims with funding from New York City. But let me tell you about the United Task Force. Yeah. It started... 30 years ago, 32 years ago, when a woman in Borough Park was taking care of her son on Yom Kippur because the husband had to go to shul, knowing full well that his wife could not handle the retarded child. And she threw him down a flight of stairs and he died. Mamish? Mamish. And he was handled by a very fine organization and uh, headed by Lester Kaufman, Ohel at that time. I remember Lester. And I and Rabbi Kaufman, who was my associate at Mishka, and I was the director of Mishka right. at that time, said we must organize people from the mental health about abuse. Here's abuse not in the classroom, not by a child, but, but by a home. mother and a father who allowed this to happen. Why did you allow this to happen? And that was the beginning of the United Task Force. Dr. Zakheim has been the president uh, how many years? Can I just say good morning? <laughs> <laughs> good, good morning. I mean, my gosh. He, he hit us over the head with that story. I'll tell How you many much. years were you, are you the president? Since you have put me in there in the year 2000. Ever since you demanded that she become president. Exactly. Well, we needed a woman co-president. Actually, she's co-president with Dr. Bieberfeld and has been since she became that. Because I said if we're going to deal with abuse, women have to Dr. Be- Rosenshine revealing the the backstory of the, the behind the scenes, if you will, of the task you force here on the air. That was the first time in the year 1991 that somebody acknowledged child abuse. It's been going on forever. But the beauty of it is that I think five agencies got together in 1991, way before you and I, Nachum, were even born, right? Yeah. In 1991, <laughs> they got together because they realized that this was something that couldn't be left under the carpet and cannot be a secret anymore, that there were situations where there were mothers or fathers that maybe were abusing or neglecting their children. And the beauty of the task force is that with those five agencies, since then, we now have probably over 45 agencies, all not embarrassed, no stigma, right. sitting around once every six weeks, have you, as you've seen, right. Nachum, because you were there for one of our meetings, all of these 45 agencies come together every six weeks to talk about the issues that are going on in our, in our firm community. So this is why the task force originally was called for families and children at risk, right? That is because why. Of because this, of this. Because literally families and, and children were at risk. Oh, yes, absolutely. 
And, and that continues, but obviously now it's the United Test. It's gotten so large, it's, it's now well, A known. lot of training, a lot of training, to showing parents they're not alone. Parents always feel that they're alone. I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, Reb Nachum, but years ago, you know where all the handicapped children used to go? St. Mary's in Albany. Right. And we can go back and say... And it's not that long ago. No, not that long ago that, oh, hell, Mishkan... We, I and Rabbi Kaufman actually League, women's, women's league, league women's league versus woman. Yes, we should mention this woman. We went to visit a certain Rebbe who was telling people to put their kids with anybody, and they landed up being geshmad. If you don't know what geshmad means, yeah. Nachum, you'll translate it for me. Well, they were they were ended up being a non-Jewish family. They, they they put no, they sprinkled them with holy water. They went yeah, through the whole I'm thing. Saying. Yeah. And we I was went trying to, to be a little bit. We went to we went to visit that rebbe. A little bit more subtle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We went to visit that. My rebbe. specialty is subtle. Doctor Rosenstein's <laughs> specialty is not being subtle. Listen, Doctor Rosenstein says it as it is. You know that. Now, we don't again. play games. And thank God that rebbe stopped doing it. And today, thank God, the Hasidic world and many other parts of the world, we have so many beautiful agencies today. But the task force covers many other things. We deal with sister to sister as a member, dealing with. People who are Almanis or Gerushim, uh, wonderful organization. And we have 40 organizations, which we, we, we can share some of them with you if you'd like. Achiezer, um, Agudas Israel of America, Amudim, dealing with the uh, problem today with the drugs, Borough Park Jewish Community Council, High Lifeline, Chemed Health Center in uh, Lakewood, Kojo of Flatbush, Counterforce, Crown Heights, Jewish Community Council, Frum Divorce, Guardians of the Sick, Bikacholim, Hask. Atzala, Interborough Development and Consultation Center. Uh, Leon, who built it, was a classmate of mine in Colombia. Um, Mask, Madregos, Margain, New York, McCord Disability Services, Met Council, My Extended Family, National Council of Young Israel, Nefesh International, Ohel Children's Home, Orthodox Union, Our Place, Pesach Tikva, Borough Park, Williamsburg, Project Sarah, Petach, Relief Resources, Sephardic Bikacholim, Shalom Tesco, Sister to Sister, Sovri Helpline, the Jewish Board of Family Jewish Ser- of Children's Services, Torah Masora, Turo, and Yelad Vialda. Wow. A big list. It's a lot. What a list. Isn't that beautiful? It is unbelievable. And, and everyone has, them. every one of these groups has their specialty. Every one of them has their, you know, their expertise. Do you want to say something really nice also? That besides every one of these groups having a specialty, there's four, that would mean there's 45 specialties. Right. A lot of them have the same specialty, whereas, but you would think, oh, maybe they would argue with each other. Maybe they won't get along with each other. It's not like that at all. They're there as comrade in arms. They all work together. And if you call one of the agencies and they're overfilled and they don't, they're overwhelmed, they will send you over to another one of the agencies. There's no competition so Dr. Rosenshawn always likes to say that we are the picture of what Shalom Bias is supposed to be about. Right. It's not about one of us being the best. It's about all of us if being If you're promoting the best. peace in the Jewish community, you have to exhibit peace. And, and you and your colleagues do that. As and you, you were said, there. And as, you saw it. Right? You saw it. You saw how beautiful it is. Under the name of United Task Force. Yeah. All right. Dr. Feige Zakheim and Dr. Joel Rosenshawn are here. Let's start with this. <laughs> Let's start with I'm recovering. I'm recovering from good Dr. morning. <laughs> yes, exactly. Good morning, Nachum. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful to be invited. I over introduced here. Nachum at the meeting when he came to our meeting. I, I said as following: Nachum Siegel, I'm not. He has some good music sometimes. Some of the music is too modern for me, but I I, I deal with it. Uh, he does many other things that are great, but the greatest thing is his united. 
trying to unite all Jews, going to Pittsburgh, going to France, going to Eretz Yisrael. Where else, Nochem? I can't remember all the places you ran without me. You never even took me once. Been a lot of places. That's actually how we came up with the idea of saying, you know, Nachum Siegel is the person that we need to talk to. We're very fortunate because we have a lot of agencies. Did I say good morning yet? <laughs> have I had a chance? <laughs> let me let me just let me. Just, I'm going to let you continue on that thought, but let me just inform the audience what's going on so they understand the context of this conversation. <laughs> At ten o'clock on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we are adding for the next couple of months a really beautiful segment, and I say it like that because the segment is all about peace, harmony, and working with colleagues in the Jewish world. I get the chance, and, I, and it, I've seen the list, and I'm certainly looking forward to it. I get the chance to speak with leaders of all these organizations uh, and find out what they're doing and how they work together with everybody else to accomplish all that they do in the Jewish world. And on top of that, there's a special concentration, as we said earlier, on the services they provide for Holocaust survivors. They are still, especially in Brooklyn but everywhere, still a very precious group of people in our community and there's and you you know this firsthand of course that's the part i wanted to talk about nachem so the way this all happened is that since we are a coalition of over 40 agencies and a lot of a lot of government people you know people enjoy helping us out chaim deitch approached us the city councilman in new york city councilman chaim deitch who i revere and i think is the most wonderful person and really cares about our community he gets it he gets it. He gets it from every aspect. Right. Today he's doing a program on security in the shuls nice. at 2 o'clock this afternoon, which nice. I really suggest that everybody go to. Oh, I'm going to yes. be there. And we really do need security in our shoes oh, based yes. on what's been going on. Sure. So Chaim Deutsch put that out, that at 2 o'clock today in front of, in front of city council, all everybody's getting together to say that we need to have security in our shuls. Right. Okay, back to the topic. Right. So Chaim Deutsch gave us a wonderful amount of funding, and he said, this funding needs to be used for Holocaust survivors because we love our Holocaust survivors. We revere them. We honor them. We stand up when they walk into the room. My mother's a Holocaust survivor from Mauthausen, and many of my friends' parents are Holocaust survivors. And I look at them, and I think of our community and how entitled we are and how we need our fancy cars and our fancy houses, and they lived with nothing and they are happy, and they're so proud of us, and they're so proud of their children and grandchildren. So let's give back to them. So as soon as um, Chaim Deitch, Councilman Deitch, said, here's a funding source. It's supposed to be used for Holocaust survivors. And I know that there are programs that are doing interviews of Holocaust survivors. Right. Hamodia does a beautiful sure. job, Ruth Lichtenstein, of interviewing and archiving our Holocaust survivors. And other agencies go and they do city meals on wheels. They bring food to the Holocaust survivors. And yesterday you had the Borough Park JCC, or I think you're having them right. shortly, doing um, programs for Holocaust survivors. But who gets a chance to really go into the houses of Holocaust survivors and talk to them? They're sitting there. They're all alone. Nobody has time to come. People are running to work. Children are running to school. So maybe you see your grandmother, your great-grandmother on Shabbos. But who has time to see them in the middle of the week? Everybody's so busy. So he said, you know who sees them? You know who talks to them every single day? <laughs> What do the Holocaust survivors look forward to? They look forward to the Nachum Siegel show. Every morning, Nachum Siegel is in their house. That's their connection to the Jewish world, that they can hear Nachum Siegel and they can listen to Nachum Siegel's music. Dr. And Rosenstein, they, they listened love to Nachum Leon Siegel. last week. Leon 
was here. Goldenberg was talking about Holocaust survivors. One of the best programs I ever heard. Leon really, really feels it. He knows what it's all about. But you know, Nochem, I say to myself, and I'm not picking on anybody, we spend money for everything all over the place. How many of us, whether we parents were Holocaust, mine were all wiped out. I had only one cousin who was saved from the Holocaust. He just passed away at 90-something plus. But they, I went to all the cities. I saw my grandfather's house in uh, in Cabrin. Uh, I went around, and you feel the blood is running all over Europe. The blood is running. I was by the Vilna Gorin with a group of people, and they came out of the cemetery, and they wanted to wash. You know, we have a minog, we wash. Mm-hmm. So there was no water, so they all complained. I said, people, this is the first day of it, 10 days. Well, you don't have to wash. I said, what do you mean? You have a rabbi, don't you know we have to wash? I said, we're not leaving the cemetery. Wherever the bus goes, we are on a cemetery. Dr. The blood is running all over. Dr. Rosenstein, let me add on. Yes, I agree with you that we have to honor those that we have lost. But let's talk about those that are alive. Let's honor them. They're here. They want to talk to us. They want to tell us their story. So the idea that Nachum Siegel is on the radio every single morning and that they could turn it on and they could turn on their little iPads and hear Nachum Siegel and they have contact with the universe out there. They can find out what's going on in Israel because of Nachum Siegel. They can have happiness. They can listen to music. They can listen to Leon Goldenberg. But they can hear what's going on in Israel, going on in Detroit, what is going on in the world. Nobody has that. Nobody no other community has a Nachum Siegel that goes into the homes. And I will tell you right now, I already know that all these children, grandchildren, they are turning on their parents, their Holocaust survivor parents' iPads, their, t- their radios. And Let's regular tell phones them. if they want. And regular phones. What they number? Dialing what, in a number, number at 10 o'clock today, every, 10 o'clock, every Tuesday and, and Wednesday, Wednesday at 10 o'clock that program is a Nachum Siegel program in honor and directed toward our Holocaust survivors that are living and alive and that want people to pay attention to them. They want to, My mother goes every single day to Bagels and Green for lunch, <laughs> for lunch, yeah? She loves when people come over and say, oh, you're Mrs. Rand. I've heard so much about you. Tell me your story. And she sits there and she smiles, and at least she knows that she's being recognized. She she matters. She and I'm counts. sure people ask her for brachos, I'm sure, because they ask of her, her brachos, background. She laughs. Yeah. She tells them the story. You know, Joel, you just told the story about not having water. My mother's family was in the cattle cars without any water, and a woman passed out. And my grandfather, who had been collecting a little water just for Modaani, just for Nagelwasser, outside the window, he had water enough to give to this woman to save her life. So these are stories that we will, Baruch Hashem, never be able to tell, but we still have our Holocaust survivors here for them to tell us their stories and for us to just say, Thank you for surviving. We love seeing you. Give them a smile. You know, it's funny you say the thank you for surviving. And again, everybody, you'll hear this on a show called Our Community with the United Task Force beginning at 10 a.m. today. It's interesting you say that because um, uh, one of the things we forget is that is that their survival became, to such a degree, the inspiration for the growth of the, our Jewish community here. If you look at some of these agencies that we're going to be speaking to, a lot of them were founded by Holocaust survivors. Absolutely. A lot of them, uh, their early influence was people who, who knew what would happen if they wouldn't get actively involved in a Jewish community because they saw what happens when you know, or what could happen, God forbid, to the Jewish community. And that really inspired people to become leaders and, to be, and then, of course, the, the next generation to follow their example. 
and really grow our Jewish communities. And we're going to see that a lot as we discuss this topic with the different agencies during that show. So I I love what you're saying, Nachum, because that is really the truth. It's not just some of our agencies that are as a result of our Holocaust survivors. In truth, all right. of our agencies are as a result of the Holocaust. Because if that generation wouldn't have gotten involved, we would and not also, be here where we are right. today. And also all, all of the Torah that we see today. Correct. All of the Torah came from the, the Holocaust. The yeshivas. The rebbers who started things sure. in the in Europe, they started already learning. Amazing how we rebuilt Torah. That's why I think, and I know, believe me, I know your focus, and it's right, that it's directed toward people who are Holocaust survivors in their 80s and 90s and are tuned in. I get all that. But I think this show and some of the things we're discussing are just as important for those in their 30s, 40s, 50s, oh, yeah. 60s to remember second generation and third generation that there is a debt of gratitude to those who really laid the foundation for all of this, and we need to take care of them. And by the way, on a practical level, a lot of the agencies we're going to be speaking to have actual services, food programs, etc., for the elderly in which in which uh, you know the Holocaust survivors fall into that category. So. We have to keep that in mind. We're going to be discussing practical things that a lot of people in certain neighborhoods, when we do the JCC of Borough Park, people are going to hear, oh, my gosh, my mother or father could have that service or you know, could take advantage of this offering from that community. That's just one example. So people should keep that in mind as well. The other thing is that the Jewish Heritage Museum now, it's a, it's a different topic. They're downtown. not Right downtown. Right. They have now opened up. It's opening up on Wednesday, tomorrow. Correct. A new program which is um, they brought in an actual cattle car. Yep. They brought in things from Auschwitz. 500 now, uh, exhibit pieces, I think, if I'm not how mistaken. How beautiful. The idea of a Holocaust survivor going with youngsters there and saying, I was actually in that cattle car. Because the, these children can't always travel to Europe, Dr. Rosenshine, the way that you're mentioning. But they can go to a museum and they could see the cattle car. They could see what what these Holocaust survive. Survivor, what and it's that funny word you really say that means. they did this specifically for that reason. It's the first time that these artifacts have been brought overseas, have been brought over the Atlantic Ocean uh, for the museum to display them. So people will see stuff that they would only see if they would have gone to Europe. It's it's an amazing thing, you know. You talk about a cattle car. It's slightly off the topic. Please don't jump on me. But we were in we, uh, we were in the town of Gori, where Stalin's museum is, and there's a car there that he used to travel around in. For that, for those years, it was a very fancy car. It was really a piece of garbage compared to anything we have in the United States. But this lady was going on and on. So I, I said to Rav uh, Matisho Salman's al Gazunzain the Mashgiach, he was leading the group. I said, Rebbe, let's leave here. What do we have to listen to this? He said, No, let her finish. So I turned to the lady who spoke a perfect English, and I said, By the way, how many people did Stalin kill in uh, Russia? Thirty million, fifty million? How many of them were Jews? You know, we'd like to know. And she turned away and walked away. And Matashio said, let's leave. And there were no lights on in all of Gori that day. Because in Russia, many times they shut the lights in the afternoon to save. And we went to the only shul that was left in Gori. And there were lights there. And Matashio spoke and he said, forget that car. By the Yidden is Lichtik. By the Goyim is Finster. By the Jews there's light. Because they had their own little <laughs> transformer in the shul. So you remember it's a cattle car. We know, we know that our people suffered, suffered. The Holocaust victims will never forget this. And that's why some of them still have nightmares, still wake up. Some of them are still being treated by therapists for what they went through. And the children and the grandchildren woke up hearing their grandparents or that's parents screaming. That's very interesting that you're bringing that up because I'm sure one of our agencies or many of them are going to talk about the idea of what the trauma is, not only for the Holocaust survivors, but that trauma to 
generation two, generation three. And genetics, epigenetics, which is a very interesting field, shows that not only is the trauma there for them on the surface, but the trauma is actually in our DNA. So as a second-generation survivor, that trauma exists in my DNA. It even exists in the DNA of my children. So we know what it means to be a Holocaust survivor and to have this kind of trauma inside of us. And that's why, again, I want to talk about how important this show is, Nachum, and I want to talk about how grateful we are to you that you're doing a series of, what, 16 shows on the various different agencies that work at the United Task Force, because everybody there that comes to the task force, they're coming on their volunteer time. They are impassioned about the work that they do. They are impassioned about problems of child abuse, of spousal abuse, of drug abuse, of sexual molestation, of gambling addictions. All of these are part of our community. Where it comes from, it's, we don't know. Everybody's got their own theories of why this terrible machla is in our community, why we're having such a hard time with shaduchim. That's part of our conversations where we do... Um, community programs on heightening awareness so that people will know what's going on and people will try to help and have different organizations to make things better. And all of these organizations are part of this system of making the world a better place, recognizing the problem and helping the problem, not hiding the problem, but talking about the problem, revealing the problem. Uh, With that in mind, in addition to what we're doing at 10 o'clock every Tuesday and Wednesday, I invite everybody Tune in today at 10 o'clock this morning, Eastern Time. Tune in at 10 o'clock. You'll, 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 you will hear exactly what the three of us here are talking about. Not going to be a very long conversation. Each time it will be between 15 and 20 minutes, but you'll have an opportunity to hear from uh, very important agencies with the work they're doing with the task force and, of course, uh, with uh, the history that they have with Holocaust survivors and what they're doing today for Holocaust survivors. 10 o'clock every Tuesday. That it might be a nice idea to recommend, to suggest to some of those mothers out there that ha- that may have time, or fathers, whoever is still home, to run over to your Holocaust survivor grandmother or grandfather or uncle or aunt, and maybe get them ready, organize them for this ten o'clock phone call. I know I'm doing it for my mother. That's a good idea. Uh, those of you whose <laughs> whose older generation already has tablets and iPads. Uh, it's very easy. You literally just install the Nahum Siegel Network app and uh, you know, for them, and they could press a button, and that's the end of it. Those of you, and we have evidence of this, boy, do we have evidence of this in the hundreds of thousands of minutes, uh, those of you who have elderly parents who would prefer to just call a phone number and listen to what's live on the Nahum Siegel Network, you could let them know that if they either keep their phone going like they do after JMNAM so often, or if they just call the number at 10 o'clock on Tuesday or 10 o'clock on Wednesday, uh, they'll be able to hear the show. And the phone number is 605-562-4400, 605-562-4400. So if you think they're not ready to press a button on their iPad or iPhone or tablet in order to listen to us, all you have to do is recommend that phone number or put the phone number in their phone for them at 605-562-4400. And Dr. Zakheim would say that if they're already listening at 10 o'clock every Tuesday and Wednesday, get them to listen at any point that they want, 24 hours a day, they will enjoy our programming. There's one other very... I was just going to throw one more thing in because I wanted to just give a special thank you. Although Dr. Rosenshine and I are the ones representing the task force here... I must give a shout-out to every single agency that attends these meetings and every single agency that's on our task force. Although Dr. Rosenshine and I are here, they put in so much work, and we're going to talk about one of the programs right now. Let me also just mention that we have an executive committee 
that is just so impassioned and so available, honestly, I could WhatsApp them at 12 o'clock at night. They answer at 12 o'clock at night. Yeah, because you deal with people who are up 24 hours a day, frankly. As you, as Rabbi Bender, you, I'm Nachum. sure, is up around the clock. I was just going to say, I want to give a major shout-out to Rabbi Baruch Ber Bender from Achyezer, who has never just, sleeps. Never sleeps, is always available. Has I, There are stories about him that are just unbelievable that... He's re he's really a tzaddik. He's his father, Rabbi Yankel Bender, can be very proud of him. Doctor Hindi Klein from Ohel, right. always available. Doctor Marcel Bieberfeld from Maimonides, right. a legend, always available. And there are a hundred others like I this. I'm just naming the exact. Right. Doctor Schindler, Yitzchak Schindler from Pesach Tikva, who you're going to be interviewing, right. unbelievable. And Rabbi Becker from the Aguda, right. unbelievable people. But again, all the people on the task force and the ones we're going to mention now that have put together this amazing Rebitsons program that we're going to talk about in a minute, the passion and the commitment that all of these people on the task force have, it is an honor to be working with all of these people. All right, my apologies to David Warmflash. We are going to get to him. We're dropped behind schedule, and I appreciate his patience. All right, uh, the 20th. Annual Rebitsons Conference. First of all, I cannot believe that we're doing this for 20 years already. It's unbelievable. Uh, which is, of course, done in memory of Rabbi Shlomo Eliezer and Rav Yaakov Zakheim, who we remember fondly. The 20th Annual Rebitsons Conference Promoting and Enhancing Healthy Family Relationships is happening on Sunday, May the 19th. This is the Sunday before Lagba Omer, Sunday, May the 19th. It'll feature uh, Esther Ween, Torah educator and lecturer, Rabbi Daniel Frank, Marriage and family therapist in private practice, and Rebitson Esther Reisman from the Agudas Yisrael of Madison. It happens Sunday, May nineteenth, starting at nine thirty in the morning at the View, which is on Nostrand Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. There'll be a complimentary brunch. Uh, they need you to RSVP, and one of the reasons they need you to RSVP is because this thing usually sells out. This thing usually is an overflow crowd. Uh, do you need to be a Rebitson to be there, Dr. Zakheim? Okay, this is like very exciting. It is the 20th <laughs> annual conference, which right. really for me is hard to believe also because that crazy. means you and I have been doing this for 20 years. Correct. Now, this conference is major because if you notice, we changed venues. Right. We moved to a brand new place called The View, The View in Brooklyn. It is stunning, glistening, it is so pretty, easy access. You pull up on Nostrand Avenue, parking is good, and you literally do not have to walk up a million flights of steps. You don't have to walk down a million flights of steps. You walk into a fabulous-looking hall. So that's exciting that we're giving the Rebitsons an opportunity to come to a brand-new place. Okay. Another thing that's very exciting is the fact that we have Esther Ween coming, who is just a brilliant woman. I think the Rebitsons are going to love her. Esther Ween speaks about issues of the day. The one, pro the one issue that we're talking about this year is promoting and enhancing healthy family relationships. Who doesn't want to talk about healthy family relationships? And we know the key is to speak to the Rebitsons because we have learned that the Rebitsons are the ones that speak to the rabbis. Correct. So as long as we speak to our Rebitsons until we get our rabbis conference going, which is our next thing. We've got to get our rabbis. I don't know that the rabbis are going to come for lunch at the View. I'm kind of. Zakhan, please tell Nachum how we decided to meet the rabbis. Plus, you have to remember a lot of congregants speak to the rabbis. That's also very important. Yes, so, yes, you know, yes, yes. They're but on Dr. the front Rosen, lines. Yeah, yeah. The rabbis are on yeah. the front line. People speak to the rabbis. It's also it's on a Sunday, which is very right. unusual. We decided to do a Sunday at nine thirty in the morning, so all the rabbis would come. But Dr. Rosenstein wants me to mention. I think it's really very important to mention that Rebison Weinberg from Baltimore, I don't know if you know her, sure. from Nair Yisrael yeah. in Baltimore, one year we went to present at Nefesh, which is one of the member agencies, right. an agency that has 
thousands of Orthodox Jewish mental health workers. They're going to be here for an interview, Nachum, to talk about right. the Holocaust. One year we were at the Nefesh Conference, and we were talking about the message we need to give to the rabbis. And Rebetzin Weinberg, who's all of probably half your size, <laughs> Nachum, she stands up and she says, I know you think that the rabbis are going to listen to you, but realize that the rabbis really listen to us, the Rebetzins. <laughs> so you should do a conference for Rebetzins. And that was our first conference 20 years ago on account of Rebetzin Weinberg. So that's a beautiful story. For those who follow the news of the day, uh, it's become well known that a lot of rabbis listen to the Rebetzins. But that's, just, but that's, <laughs> but that, but that's for another time. Go ahead. Oh, I'm no, sorry. You're so political. <laughs> you can say that again. Yeah. <laughs> so go ahead. I'm sorry. So I would just like to say, yes, an RSVP is definitely required because it's a lunch. Right. It's, or a brunch on a Sunday morning brunch. And I want to also, on that Rebetzins committee, amazing say thank you to Hannah White to Judy Steinick from the OU, to Ruchama Klapman from Mask, to Shane DeGerwitz from Makar, to Aviva Hach from Magain, and, of course, Dr. Hindi Klein from Ohel. Right. They're just an incredibly committed um, committee. They're just there. They're wonderful. And this conference has put, there's been a lot of work put into it. Again, it's on May 19th. It's at The View. It's with Dina Ween and with Rabbi Danielle Frank. The topic es- Esther is... Ween. Oh, Esther Ween, right. thank you. Um, the, thank you so much, Nachum. That's why you do what you do and I do what I do. <laughs> the topic is promoting and enhancing healthy family relationships. Brunch will be served. RSVP is necessary. And we would love to see everybody there. Rebetzin Reisman is the initial, the first Rebetzin that started this. She's the hosting Rebetzin. Her father was just Nifter, so oh, she is sitting shiver. Rabbi Spitzer. Rabbi Spitzer. Yeah. Yeah. Rabbi Our condolences. An amazing Rebbe, an amazing person. Um, so we sh- we hope that she has a nechama. Phone number for information, 212-613-8188. The 20th Annual Rebbitzins Conference happens on the 19th of May. You could also uh, contact Rebbitzin Judy Steinig and RSVP via email. Steinig J, that's initial J, Steinig J at OU.org. You could also register online by going to OUcommunity.org. OUcommunity.org. It's Sunday, May the 19th. This really does sell out, folks. So if you're a Rebbitzin out there who wants to attend, make sure to get in touch with all these, uh, with one of these methods of uh, RSVPing as soon as possible. 10 o'clock today, just over an hour from now, the initial broadcast of the uh, of the program called Our Community with the United Task Force. I get this opportunity to speak with uh, different agencies. In fact, the Agudas Yisrael starts us off today. I'm very excited. You're going to have Rabbi Becker today from the Agudas. I've gotten to know him a little bit. I said to him, you're so nice. There's no way you're from New York. And, of course, he says he's from Milwaukee. Uh, <laughs> so I was right. <laughs> but but he's really a nice man. And uh, we'll have an opportunity to speak today at 10 o'clock during Rabbi, that Rabbi program. Nachum, again, for me, this week is an unbelievable week because I'm back in your studio I do have to complain that since you moved into this fancy studio here, not once was I invited, even to the opening. But it's a real mazel tough. And Thank I you. think I'm going to suggest to Dr. Zakheim that we're going to find out how many of these Holocaust people need NSN. And we're going to get it for them. Well, I'm that- going to bring that up as a topic. I think we should get all the Holocaust people with NSN apps. I want to tell everybody how I got the NSN apps. I don't know how to play with any of this stuff. Guess what? Nochem Siegel sent his son to my house. The Hassan. The Hassan Benjamin, Mazel Tov. Yeah, the wedding meal session is coming up. So we have to do this for the Holocaust survivors. we got to get them an and, you know, nap. It, it's sometimes hard to tell if Dr. Rosenstein is speaking tongue-in-cheek or not, but you and I did discuss. No, that I it, meant it. What do you mean tongue-in-cheek? Right, I, okay. 
Okay, doctor, I just point out that sometimes we don't know. That's all. But <laughs> but I appreciate the fact that you said it seriously. But thank you for saving me, thank you. To say that Ben Siegel went there and hey, actually Benjamin, Benjamin installed it. Benjamin he installed it for Doctor Rosenstein. We're no. so excited about that he's engaged That's right. to this beautiful girl. But I will tell you something. Yeah, you and I discussed, and it's not a crazy idea that maybe down the road we will think of a way to literally distribute tablets to Holocaust survivors so that they press a button and 24 hours a day they can hear programming like this. So It's amazing. As you're talking, it's a Dr. Dream, Rosenstein we'll just pulled out his, his, his tablet to show me that he's got. I actually went. Somebody When I was here the other time, right. somebody told me you could pick up a tablet for 40 bucks. I got one, a tablet online for $40. I set it up for my mother, Woo! and she has jam in the Woo! end. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I hope she's listening right now. Yeah, Under the worst so condition, we'll come here and make an appeal for the tablets for the Holocaust there you people. Go. I'll be back here. You see? <laughs> what a practical man, I'm telling you. My thanks to both Dr. Rosenstein and Dr. Zakheim. Uh, the Rebbitsons Conference information, you know what you got to do. Uh, you got to go to OUcommunity.org or RSVP by dialing 212-613-8188. And remember... Uh, 10 o'clock today, the initial inaugural program of our community with the United Task Force. If you're not able to hear it at 10 o'clock, remember, those shows are archived within minutes of when they air, which means you can just go to our website at NahumSiegel.com or the NSN app and access the archive and listen whenever you wish. That's how it works. I thank both of you very much. Nachum, this was just so much fun. I thank, thank you. you so much. And you are such a wonderful gift to the Jewish community. Thank May you. Hashem continue to give you the strength to continue to be the person that we all need. And these Holocaust survivors, you're saving their lives because you are in their homes. Thank you. Well, thank we hope to so connect much. with them and to really give them some uh, enrichment uh, for their lives. And I thank you for that. Uh, more coming up. It's JM in the AM.